Hi everyone, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today I have the beautiful Kate Douglas from LRD Academy on with us today. We are going to talk about how stress, trauma, and grief shapes us. Welcome Kate, thank you so much for being back on the podcast and yes. we love having you here. Um, why don't you go ahead and start by sharing your story with our listeners today? Absolutely. And just for the sake of time, it's a long story. So we may have to do this the second, second podcast or episode. But essentially, uh, my little elevator pitch is I initially... Uh, went through a pretty significant weight loss a couple years back, lost 80 pounds, um, overcame binge eating disorder. And, you know, it kind of evolved naturally into helping and coaching other women do the same. And I've had a very successful business doing so um, with just, you know, lifestyle and weight management over the last couple of years. Um, however, I got divorced uh, a couple years ago. And the very beginning of that process, um, it really started to weigh down on me in more ways than one. And long story short, I ended up um, reverting back to a lot of old habits. Uh, I gained some weight, even some of the binge eating habits. And the stress and the weight of the grief just really knocked me down. And it took me a long time to reach out for help. One, because since I was already a quote unquote expert in this field, I didn't need any help. I could figure it out on my own. I've lost 80 pounds before I can do this again. But also when I had lost 80 pounds years back, I wasn't going through a divorce. I wasn't suffering with PTSD and I wasn't in the environment that I was in um, as I was leaving my marriage. So I had to really rein in some of those self-care habits that I had to teach myself to lose that initial 80 pounds years back. And I had to find and create a way to not only, you know, lose the weight I gained, but get back into that self-care wellness routine. And I needed to do it fast because I was running a business during this time, the pandemic was going on. It was just a very stressful situation. And so now what I've done is I've added that tier to my now already online course and program. So I'm now helping women, not only with you know their weight loss and their wellness, but I'm really honing in on the women that are trying to get back in their groove after grief, loss, or even just struggling with their mental health. So before we really dive into this, um, I would love to really identify exactly, you know, what we mean by trauma, grief, and stress for our listeners today. So if you want to def kind of define that language a little bit, that would be super helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know, trauma is such a powerful word and it hits close to home for many of us. For me, trauma came in the form of a divorce that completely shook my world. Um, it was an incredibly challenging time that left me deep emotional and psychological scars. Um, I always say that grief is love with nowhere to go. 
And if you are grieving or <laughs> you're in the grief space right now, you've probably heard that quote. And whenever I heard that quote, it just really resonated with me. And that's exactly how it felt. It was just love with nowhere to go. It was, to me, it just felt like a really heavy cloud hanging over me all the time. Um, it really intensified, you know, the feelings of just hopelessness, sadness, um, that profound sense of loss. And as for stress, I always think of stress as like an overwhelming pressure cooker of emotions. And whenever we experience, you know, life's throws or curveballs, it's like that pressure cooker just gets hotter and hotter and tighter and tighter and more full. And then eventually it's like, we just have to hit that valve and we have to let some of that steam out. So trauma, I would call it the actual event or loss. Grief is the pain or the emotional turmoil that comes from that or that love for that loss with nowhere to go trapped inside of you. And I think stress, again, is just that that pressure cooker of emotions. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the body's physical responses to these feelings and emotions and even, I mean, the actual traumatic events? So when experiencing trauma, grief, or stress, our bodies can exhibit various physical responses. And these can include increased heart rate, shallow breathing, you know, muscle tension, digestive disturbances. I had a lot of those uh, headaches. And then another common thing is sleep disturbances, which I struggled with as well. And these physical manifestations often accompany the emotional turmoil that we're going through. And I just remember that during those times, I felt like I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders, emotionally and physically drained. Um, our bodies have physical responses to these feelings too. It's like our bodies are trying to communicate with us. Um, for example, when I was going through all of that, I noticed I had trouble sleeping. My appetite was all over the place and my energy levels were constantly low. And it was as if my body was saying, hey, something isn't right here. Like, I need you to stop. And then what happens when, you know, when you don't listen? Well, <laughs> we'll definitely get into that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but for me, I just, the physical responses to these feelings, again, just like I said, you know, just feeling like, I mean, obviously your sleep gets wonky, your digestion. I mean, it just depends on how you, you know, uniquely respond to the stress, but from myself and from the clients that I work with, it's just a lot of these really uncomfortable, progressively intensifying feelings of like, I'm, I'm falling behind. I'm losing energy. I'm losing my purpose. I'm losing my zest. Like I just, I feel like something's got to give here. And just like you alluded to you know, eventually sooner or later, like something's got to give because <laughs> you, your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, maybe all at the same time, will just hit the e-brake because you can only do so much. And I mean, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for you to go through, because like you said, you have been someone that has been in this space of, lifestyle and habit change in order to help people. I mean, your Instagram is lose weight with Kate. Um, mm -hmm. 
so also, yeah, by the way, if you guys are listening to this right now and you have Instagram, um, her Instagram is lose weight with Kate. There's an underscore after lose after each it's lose underscore weight underscore W underscore Kate. So follow her there. But sorry, it's a mouthful, (laughs) y'all. Lose the underscore. (laughs) um, Anyhow, so as someone who has been in this space of basically, you know, like helping people become healthy and fit and achieve their goals. And now here you are like dealing with having these things pop up, like you said, like sleep disturbances, not having energy, digestive issues. And you're like, wait, I'm supposed to be the one who's good at this stuff. And Mm -hmm. now you're in your client's shoes, which I mean, that has to be so hard, but also there's also the other side of it that anytime something is hard, you know, there's usually a very, very, very like beautiful rainbow that comes after the rainstorm. And it's like, now you really and deeply understand kind of more of where your clients come from, I assume. Oh, absolutely. And kind of like you said before, like, so what happens if you don't stop? You know, there's a lot of psychological and physiological things that can happen to, you know, our mindset, our health, our bodies, like our physique during really significant stress. And I think the key, this is, it's very important to understand that when we're going through trauma, grief, or stress, our bodies undergo physiological changes as well as physical ones that can make it incredibly challenging to get healthier. And for me, you know, basically lose weight. And yeah, I was in this position where I'm like, okay, Kate, like you literally change women's behaviors and habits and like give them weight loss transformations. Like it's your job, like literally it's your job. So like get your ish together. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're going, you're just going through divorce. Like people get divorced all the time. Like that was like the self-talk that I was trying to like gaslight myself with. And it was so toxic. And the thing about it is, and I had to like, kind of like rein myself in with this. And I have to teach my clients this too, is during times of stress, our bodies release cortisol. And let me back up to this. The reason I'm bringing this up is because like you said, you know, the trauma, the grief, et cetera, like those things are hard in themselves. But I'm talking about like the example of when myself and like my clients, for example, they're like, okay, I've gone through the big loss. I'm ready to start slowly, like building back the pieces. I'm ready to get back in shape and get back in my groove. But like, I don't know why this feels harder than it did before. Or now I just feel like I have no motivation and I feel like no matter what, I can't do anything or I'm not losing any weight. And I went through that and it scared the crap out of me. Cause I'm like, God, I mean, I lost 80 pounds. Like I felt like that was so much easier than just to lose this 15. And it's because during time of stress, our bodies release cortisol often referred to as the stress hormone and elevated core. And we hear about cortisol, cortisol all the time, but like, do we really understand what's going on? So elevated cortisol levels can interfere with our metabolism it doesn't break your metabolism, whatever, but it can speed it up or slow it down depending on how you individually react to that stress. But if it interferes with our metabolism, this can lead to difficulties in losing fat, 
and changing our physique, managing our weight, et cetera. And additionally, like I mentioned, it can disrupt our sleep patterns, affect our appetite and lead to emotional eating or binge eating behaviors like I suffered with, further hindering our weight loss efforts. And I dealt with this hardcore and I'm still getting my sleep and energy rhythms balanced. And my body definitely held on to and gained 15 pounds, like I said, very quickly after I hit my wall with stress during my divorce. And it was like, my body was screaming, okay, Kate, seriously enough. Like you can't keep going like this. You have to address this pain and feel it. Mm -hmm. When our bodies are in survival mode, like mine was, and that fight or flight response takes over, it's like, you can be doing all the quote unquote right things, like eating balanced meals, exercising, taking care of yourself, et cetera. Your body may still stubbornly hold on to extra body weight. And it can be very frustrating. Like I hear you. And I cannot tell you how many clients I've worked with that think they are quote unquote fine or they're normal. It's just chronically being in that survival mode with all of that stress. And it's so frustrating to rein these women in because they are in such denial and avoidance of their emotional barriers that they truly believe things like, oh, it's just my hormones, it's my age, or my metabolism's broken. And hear me on this too. I'm not here to say that those factors can certainly play a role in the equation, but it's the emotional, usually it's the emotional distress that too often throws these things out of whack. Like your metabolism doesn't break. It can slow down or speed up due to a multitude of variables, including how you respond to stress. But the name of the game with weight management is still caloric intake. But when you are intaking properly and your body stops responding in an expected timeline, I can see how these women are so fast to throw in the towel and just keep jumping from diet to diet. A hundred percent. And there is, you know, we're talking about some of the physiological mechanisms that, you know, make it possible or impossible to lose weight or main, or just hold on to body fat, mm -hmm. something else. Um, so I've been wearing a, one of the constant glucose monitors, uh, mm -hmm. for the last few weeks. And I got this massive blood sugar spike last Friday. And I mean, granted my husband and I walked and we got a slice of pizza and I'm like, okay, that's like a very, it was actually probably about 300 calories in the slice of pizza. And but I'm like, that is weird that I got this massive spike. And I was looking back and I'm like, you know what? I don't think it was actually from the slice of pizza. I think it was because the walk home, we were talking about something that was kind of bothering me and mm -hmm. it was very hot. And my, like, I literally like felt my like fingers start to swell up when we were getting pretty close to home. And I was like, I just started getting really flustered on that walk too. And I'm like, and then I look back and I'm like, that's exactly when that blood sugar spike started happening. I was literally like stressing myself to a point that my blood sugar was spiking. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that too, when you said it, I'm like, oh Lord, cause I don't know what kind of pizza you got, but most pizza, especially anything with crust or bread, there's so much sodium in it, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, 
So that's going to spike your blood pressure. And then you're walking home talking about something that's emotionally stressing you out in the heat. Oh, yeah, I could totally see, could totally see how that did that. And like I said, I'm not saying it was necessarily the pizza, but I think I think it was more like what you were saying. But it's it's interesting just you and I having this conversation right now you can look back and you have to consider everything at play here, not, not just like one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's just so many tie-ins to between our emotions and our physical bodies. And I really and truly believe that if we don't take all of it into consideration, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. Absolutely. And that's exactly why like we're doing this podcast, because I know for a long time in my life, like I didn't believe in the emotional side of things. And the more I lean into it, the more I find that things work with myself and with my clients too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stress is, and it's funny because I'm really excited we're having this conversation, honestly, because it's one of those things where we always like nod our head, eye roll, like we know stress is important, stress management, like how it, you know, can play a role in our wellness, weight loss, et cetera. But I don't think we really, we're still learning how to pay enough attention to it. And I, I think at the end of this conversation, my biggest goal is for any of you listening to just listen to Kira's and I's experiences, just, you know, some of the feedback, just a little bit of my like client's feedback, you know, students from my program and my personal experience. And just know that like, you have a choice to, you may not always have the power to immediately leave or change or modify your environment, but you always have a choice and the power to control your happiness within that environment. And it's ultimately up to you to be in charge of your health and wellness, be in charge of your environment and say, hey, like whether it's with work, a relationship or just at home or just within your personal life, like if an environment is not bringing you joy, if it's not supporting your purpose, it is going to catch up with you physically. And it doesn't matter how many good habits you have in play, how on point your nutrition is, because it happened to me and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> well, let's talk about, let's say someone comes to you and mm-hmm. they want to transform their body. They, they've seen your, um, your weight loss transformation. They're like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I want to do, and I'm going to hire Kate, but this person is involved in a pretty rough marriage. It brings them a lot of stress. They have a lot of anxiety, um, in their living situation, what do you believe that that person is going to be up against emotionally as they try and approach this healthy fat loss journey? Mm. Well, someone in a stressful marriage may face emotional challenges, uh, challenges such as heightened anxiety, self-doubt, you know, feelings of being overwhelmed. The emotional burden of the troubled relationship can create a constant state of tension and hinder their ability to focus on their self-care and sustainable weight loss practices. It's crucial to address the emotional aspects and provide support in these situations as emotional well-being plays 
a very significant role in physical transformation. And I've had students who were in very similar situations. They were doing everything right in terms of their efforts, but the weight just wouldn't budge. And I'm thinking of a story right now, one of my students, let's just call her Becky. Becky had been dealing with a very toxic marriage and it caused her immense stress and anxiety. She was determined to transform her body, but emotionally she was up against so much. She was following the nutrition, uh, the nutrition protocol that I gave her most of the time, but she later admitted to me that at night she had developed a bad habit of snacking in bed. Uh, usually eating until she was, you know, way past the point of being full, almost uncomfortable. Then she wouldn't sleep, you know, obviously because, you know, her stomach is full of all this food. We can't go to sleep when we're super full of eating. Um, you know, her digestion was constantly off and her mood was always even worse the next day because of the lack of sleep, the bad digestion, et cetera. Because, you know, this severely affects your hormones, your serotonin, which, you know, is manufactured in the, mostly in the gut. And, you know, your hormones, including serotonin, are major components for fat loss. And then obviously, as, you know, I am someone that has struggled with binge eating disorder, the shame and guilt on top of feeling like trash after an over, you know, after an overeating episode or just having a bad night during grief or like when I was going through my divorce, it just creates so much more of a mental hurdle and it's debilitating. So it took time and a lot of self-compassion for her to understand that her healing journey wasn't just about the physical changes anymore. This was about addressing the emotional barriers. And once she made the very brave decision, and this was her decision to make, and this is, doesn't mean that if you're listening and you can relate that this is what you need to do, but once this individual did make the brave decision to leave that toxic environment, which I am insanely proud of her for, and focus on her well-being, literally after a month, I think it was maybe like almost at the five-week mark, but a month of her resetting and then restarting my program and protocol, her body responded in ways that we both never even expected. I mean, she literally shed roughly almost 20 pounds within about eight weeks of continuing with me. And even um, her autoimmune condition went into remission and she was able to stop two medications entirely that were not only expensive, but as she realized no longer necessary because of eight weeks of just simple consistency and changes to reduce her stress. And it was really incredible to witness. That's amazing. I have literally witnessed something very, very similar um, with a friend of mine who I watched her leave a very toxic environment. It was actually her work environment. And mm -hmm. um, she, I mean, when she was at in this position, she she actually thought she was starting to get testing done to find out if she had an autoimmune condition. Um, she left that environment and her body drastically changed. Like she just had this, like she's, she, she lost probably 20 pounds that neither one of us knew that she had to lose necessarily, but like her, 
she just had an air of lightness to her at that point too. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And autoimmune responses are very, very common when you're stressed out, mm -hmm. going through grief. I mean, even if you're not, ha like when I talk about grief and loss, like you don't have to necessarily be grieving the death or some awful life event. I mean, literally going through a stint of, of battling with your mental health can be a loss. And you could be grieving, like, I mean, when you go through natural life changes, sometimes you could be grieving, maybe not to, you know, the degree that your neighbor next door who just lost their, you know, loved one is, but it's, it's all the same. And what I'm getting at is, you know, I had autoimmune, I mean, I developed non-epileptic seizures. I was so stressed out. I mean, you talk about scary. I felt like I was just a, like a visitor in my body. It's like, I just ignored and stuffed down the stress for so long. And I've seen my clients do, and I'm sure just like you talking about your friend as well, that you just referenced. It's like, as soon as you see that switch of light turn back on with them, you're just like, oh, there you are. Like, <laughs> it's just, and it's crazy because, you know, like skin conditions, um, all these like, you know, invisible illnesses. And I'm not, I, trust me when I say that they're real, like they're real symptoms. Like you can see real markers in your blood and some may not show up in your blood work. And that's even more frustrating, but these are real symptoms and ailments that manifest. And it's really just your body trying to communicate with you that I've had enough and like, you have to stop. And if you don't stop, if you don't listen to me, I'm going to create ways to get you to pay attention. And unfortunately, some of those ways to pay attention are those really bad autoimmune responses. Yep. I mean, a lot of autoimmunity is literally caused, it's a direct impact of stress. Mm -hmm. you know, Hashimoto's that's a huge one that I work with so many clients that have and it is directly correlated to stress levels whether oh, yeah. it's mental stress or physical stress that they have just chronically dealt with for such a long time at that point you know Hashimoto's it's autoimmune and it's that's literal proof that our bodies will eventually shut down mm -hmm. um absolutely so oh Oh, go ahead. Sorry. One more thing. And I don't, cause I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Another big issue. I'm assuming most of your audience is ladies, but our ladies, but ladies, if you're listening right now, another big thing is hormone imbalances and infertility. So pay attention to that. I did not have a normal cycle for almost eight years. As soon as I got out of my toxic relationship, that environment within about a year, it came back and now I've had a normal cycle for almost a year now. So that it just goes to show you. And I was at a normal, healthy weight for all like up and down throughout those eight years. It had nothing to do with weight, it had nothing to do with doing too much cardio, it had nothing to do with, I mean, literally it was physiological stress. It was my body saying this environment is not safe to produce. So whether you're missing a period or not, if you're having infertility issues, if your periods are getting worse, that could be like a canary in the coal mine. So just always pay attention to that as well. I digress. Go ahead. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of the body, you know, not feeling safe, um, you know, that has always been something that I've been a huge proponent of in my coaching practice is the body has to feel safe in order for it to drop fat. So 
that kind of leads into what my next question for you was going to be. So, you know, I'm sure you've seen this too. I've seen it before where clients like their energy balance is appropriate. Like they're not under drastically under eating, but they are, you know, under eating a little bit less than what they're, you know, burning. Um, their macronutrients are in a pretty good place. They're eating, you know, mostly unprocessed whole foods. They are doing a great job with like lifting and doing appropriate amounts of cardio, but it doesn't matter. Like their body fat does not budge. Like, is this stress too? What else could be at play here? Oh girl, (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me tell you a little story from my own experience during my divorce. So when I was going through that tough period, my body seemed to have a mind of its own. (laughs) And I'm sure some of you listening are like, yep, (laughs) that's me. So listen up. I stored body fat, body fat around my belly for what felt like months. And this was despite barely eating enough during the day and being a runner. And this was like my hyper survival mode time. All right. And it wasn't like I was intentionally trying to under eat. It wasn't like I was intentionally trying to go out and run all the miles. Like, no, like, I mean, Carrie, you know, I've been a runner for years. Like, and when I go out and say I'm doing my run, I'm doing like a three to five mile, like, you know, 30, 50 minutes tops and clearly fueling. But what I'm saying is I was still active. I was still, like you said, quote unquote, doing the right things. I was barely probably even getting, I mean, I could have been eating a lot more is what I'm saying. And the thing about it is, is I kept accumulating more and more fat around my belly and like, just like my back and my belly area, which is, I mean, primal. I mean, that's exactly what, where your fat is supposed to go when you're in that like survival mode, because it's protecting your organs. But here's the thing. I know that that is super frustrating and confusing. It was for me. I mean, hello, I had already successfully lost 80 pounds years before. I'm like, what is wrong with me? (laughs) But here's the thing. I had to remind myself that cortisol, again, plays a significant role in how my body responds to stress and stores fat. So during times of high stress, like my divorce, cortisol was wreaking havoc on not only like my stress, but like my metabolism. And it made it really hard for me to lose that belly fat, especially again, around my midsection. So there I was feeling frustrated and defeated, but I knew deep down that drastic dieting and excessive exercise weren't the answers. And write that down if you're listening, because excessive exercise and drastic dieting are not your answers. Instead, I had to hold myself accountable and start over as a beginner in a lot of ways I had to resist the urge to go for those quick fix solutions and get real about re-implementing the self-care practices to get my stress in check. So I started by focusing on nourishing my body with just balanced meals. Balanced meaning like I'm hitting all my macro, my micronutrients. So my carbs, uh, carbs, fat, and protein, my fiber, sodium, monitoring those added sugars, you know, making sure I wasn't under eating or over restricting, making sure I was eating for fun and fuel. I paid attention to my hunger and my fullness cues. This was really hard. And I found that when I was living by myself, really depressed, going through the divorce, I distracted. I like to numb out a lot. 
and it was hard for me to eat. So I would just turn on TV and I just really wasn't paying attention to when I was getting full or satisfied. So I really made an intentional thing to just sit down and I know it sounds stupid, but I mean, this is what I had to do. I had to reparent my, I had to set a timer for about 15 to 20 minutes and just put on some music and I would make myself sit down at the table, even though it was painful to be by myself. And sometimes I would go out to eat with friends and that was actually easier, but I would like set a timer, make sure that I was eating, chewing, tasting my food, sitting with my thoughts, even if I didn't like them, little things like that. So, you know, the other thing is I incorporated stress management techniques like meditation. If you don't like to meditate, fine. Try deep breathing or just some gentle stretching like yoga or just go out and walk in the sunshine for a couple of minutes in the evening or the afternoon. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. It took time. Rome was not built in a day and my body needed time to heal and recalibrate. But I had to remind myself that self-care and stress management were just as important, if not more, than counting calories or pushing myself through intense workouts. So if you're finding yourself in a similar situation, doing all the right things, but you're not seeing any progress, not seeing any results, please know that you're not doing anything wrong and you're not alone. So I want you to take a step back, reassess your approach, and remember that self-care and patience are your top priorities right now. So just embrace the process of starting over Resist the temptation to do anything drastic and give yourself the time and grace to find the balance again and get yourself back to a place of, ah, because once you're, ah, everything just feels so much easier to tackle. Mm -hmm. So all of those things, you know, that you said that you did, like you're balanced, making sure that your meals were balanced, slowing down, being present, being present when you're eating, um, having a daily ish, but you know, hopefully daily mindfulness practice of some sort, all oh, yeah. those things also make you feel safe mm -hmm. and that, you know, that's, is part of the key to fat loss and loss of inflammation too, which that's something I look back at some of my pictures when I was going through a really, really bad breakup and oh my God, I was inflamed. Oh yeah. I feel that way. I mean, even sometimes right before my cycle still just that stress or whatever, if you've gone and done, cause like you work out way harder than me, you're a ninja. I'm so jealous, but <laughs> even after, have you ever noticed like after a really hard workout too, you can get inflamed. Oh yeah. That's stress of a workout. I mean, it looks like you're like swollen almost, but like, I mean, you are, you know, technically, but it's the same thing. Like your body will swell up, get inflamed, whether it's physically induced or emotionally induced. Mm -hmm. And then when it's chronic from the stress, then it's the chronic inflammation. Like I took a I took a post-workout selfie today for my, my client groups, you know, after I had been in a hot yoga class and hot yoga is very stressful to me. Anything that uh, I think we're figuring this out. Like anytime I'm hot, I'm very stressed. <laughs> I was going to say you were just, you, you need to get out of the heat Kara. <laughs> yes. That's what I've been saying for a long time, but, um, I am, I'm very, I'm always very like inflamed like that. Um, like very puffy looking in my face after a hot yoga class. Cause like, because of the stress from it, but, um, 
obviously doing that in short bursts is helpful on a normal healthy body. But when you're in this state of chronic stress, it does the opposite, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've probably done this with your clients. Do you ever have them like sync like their workouts and what they're doing to like their cycles, their hormones, like what they have going on in their life? I mean, because that's genius advice, Kira. I mean, that you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's, if I have a, like, if I know I'm about to get my period, I know that like, okay, my workouts are going to look like X, Y, and Z during this week. Or if I know that I have like a lot of like production, like task heavy work coming up that week, I'm like, hey, you know what? If I walk every day for an hour this morning, like that is plenty for me because I need to save all of this like big energy for my brain. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do, you can't do it all. So like, in other words, if I have, like, if you have a really stressful job, for instance, you're listening to this, you know, and you're doing a lot of like, um, high touch, like high meetings and interacting and a lot of like physiological strain and like mental energy, like you don't need to go burn yourself. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're, you're different. Uh, everyone is different. So I'm not going to sit here and not hold space for that too, but like, you know, maybe you don't need to go out and do that hour and a half long CrossFit workout before, <laughs> before you have to go into eight hours of a grueling work day. You know, you're totally allowed to be like, you know what? I need to preserve my energy for my brain and not so much my body this week because you can balance both. I mean, you can still exercise your brain, exercise your body, get those endorphins, get the release. And it doesn't have to be like a maniacal workout. And the, with the stress too, like, I think there needs to be an accountability for us to go, Hey, I know in my mind today or on my calendar, my workout was supposed to look like this. And I was supposed to go do all of these things. But I think today, based on how I'm feeling, how my body is feeling internally and externally, I think that maybe this or modifying or compromising would be a better workout for me today. Just something as easy as that, you know? So when you have a client uh, that you're working with and they are, they're committed to their healing journey, um, and they're dealing with a high, you know, high stress load, like, you know, you mentioned all maybe like altering workouts a little bit, um, you know, and then what you did with like balancing your meals, slowing down, being present, is there anything else that you would recommend as a step that someone could take? Well, I, or is no, that, we, I mean, if that's it, you know, then those are really great steps, but I didn't know if you had anything in addition that you would add to that. Um, okay. I know we're recording right now, but <laughs> do you want me to talk about like a step someone can take to begin their healing journey or? Well, what is like, when someone comes to someone comes to work with you, you know, what is, what do you do when you're starting off with a new client? Okay. Well, obviously like, I think, I think self-care support and accountability are the first things you can do. So once I take on a client, obviously they have secured the support and accountability because you can't do these things on your own. 
the self-care, like within my program, for example, it's an eight-week program, but like the first two weeks, we are solely focusing on, you know, reinstating self-care, setting up what a self-care routine is going to look like. And then we immediately go into coping tools and mindset shifts for when stuff gets hard. Because I think the most realistic thing that you can do when you are trying to get healthy, trying to get balanced, lose weight, manage your weight, whatever, when you're stressed is you have to go back to the basics. Again, you can't go to drop. Don't focus on, I'm not comfortable right now and I want to be here. I mean, you have to think like long-term, how do I feel my best? It's when I'm taking care of myself. It's when I'm sleeping right, when I'm eating right, when I'm moving my body every day, whether it's walking or going to the gym and I have consistency and a sense of fulfillment and contribution when that that's where I'm going to start with every single client because that's all of us mm -hmm. I mean and everybody's self-care practices can look really really different um for sure and you know those those mindset shifts are incredibly valuable as well and I know that that's something that you that you do work on with your with your students too absolutely big big mindset um, shift. And actually, if y'all haven't listened to my previous podcast with Kate, go back and listen to that. Her, that's still Kate, still to this day, that is probably my favorite podcast that I've ever recorded. That was a good one. But I feel like we, <laughs> and after this one too, I feel like we have a pretty good track record for conversations. <laughs> I mean, there are so many nuggets that I will, I've listened to that podcast probably six times, seven times, plus the time of recording. And I will still go back to it and be like, man, that was good. I never thought about that, you know, oh, and, I do too. and just take away little nuggets from it. And so for those of you guys who haven't listened to it, um, go back and go back and listen to it but it's really about um mindset when it comes to eating and um just like the the mindless eating uh, overeating binge eating I mean I work with a lot of women who have overcome these things and your podcast has been a huge part of what has helped them with that Aww. well yeah. That makes me feel good because from one sister who struggled to another, it sucks <laughs> and it's hard and it can be a lonely, desperate feeling place when you are stuck in that rabbit hole. And there is nothing more relieving than taking it off your shoulders, being validated, talking to another human who has literally dealt with what you're dealing with has been able to get past it and has like the cliff notes. So you don't have to take the long route. I mean, that's a gift. So that just, that makes me feel really happy. And I've gone back and listened to that podcast too. I listen, I listen to, sometimes I go back and listen to some of my own guided meditations when I need it, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Thanks for telling me that I'd forgotten about that. And that's just really good to know. Oh yeah. I like, I recommend that podcast to people all the time. So I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's really amazing. Um, so anyway, I know, you know, mindset work is a huge part of what you do with your students. And I know that that's a huge piece of something that would be helpful for anybody who's, you know, dealing with stress and trauma and grief as well. 
Yes. Um, well, I think that pretty much wraps it up unless there's anything else that you want to add to this conversation. Yes, absolutely. I just want to reiterate again on toxic environments and how they can lead to significant physical changes, um, especially when reducing your stress. And in terms of a toxic environment, I don't know, you know, to you listening, it might be a relationship. For me, it was a marriage. It could be your work environment. I mean, it could be certain friendships, whatever. Walking away from those environments can be one of the toughest decisions that we ever make. I experienced it firsthand when I realized it was time to end my marriage. And it was a mix of emotions. It was scary, surreal. It was incredibly challenging. And I had to confront not only the toxicity within the relationship, but also the judgment and negativity from others and even within my own family. And it felt like it was eating away at my soul, but it was also a very pivotal moment for me. And it took therapy, hard work, and a whole lot of inner perseverance. But looking back now, I can't help but say like, thank God I got out of there. That environment was holding me back in so many ways. And I'm beyond grateful that I found the strength to walk away from it. And the, you know, the effects were profound. Once I removed myself from that toxic space, I started to see incredible changes in my well-being. My body responded positively to the reduction in chronic stress. My hormones rebalanced, the inflammation decreased, kind of like what we talked about, sweet, you know, sleep quality improved. And my overall health began to flourish. And it was like my body, my body finally had the chance to heal and restore itself in a supportive and nurturing environment. And this transformational experience is not unique to me. I've witnessed it in the lives of many of my students. And I'll just wrap this up by saying I had one particular student in my academy and she was stuck in a soul draining work environment, y'all, like soul draining. But when she made the brave decision to leave the job behind, the transformation was astounding. So within just a few weeks of working with me, like literally four weeks, she lost a little over 10 pounds, which she hadn't been able to achieve on her own. But the coolest part to me is that she found a part-time job she loved while also starting her side business, which was like a shotgun dream. And everything just fell into place with her. And she wrote me an email telling me that when she was in it, it was like she was so frozen, you know, she couldn't see a way to leave and didn't see the point. And she realized how unhappy the stress was making her and it was literally stealing her health. And I also understand that some of you listening are in a similar situation and maybe you can't just leave your job. So what I would say is get a hobby. <laughs> That's what you were asking me, Kara, when you were like, anything else for self-care? Get a hobby. Join some social group or pour into your self-care and play every day in some way that gives back to you what you feel your job or that source of stress is stealing. Because it's crazy how our body responds when we have a sense of fulfillment, contribution, and celebrated accomplishment. So, Whatever it is, if it's your job, your relationship, your marriage, if it's causing stress, address it. Mm -hmm. And also I will add to that as well. Having, having a coach, maybe, maybe it's just someone to listen, but 
I I would say have a coach because you don't want to bring your, like your friends on this journey every single day because your friends, you know, like you will then become a source of stress to your friends. But if you have a coach that will just listen to you, hold space for you, validate you while you're going through this transition, maybe you're not ready to make the leap yet, but like having that person that's in your corner that will do those things for you is invaluable as well. Oh my God. And even as someone who does this for a living, I still needed, I I still needed and salt heavy, heavy support. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely normal. In fact, many of my students end up getting a therapist or already working, you know, with one alongside when they, you know, enroll into LRD. And it's a powerful combination that amplifies our progress and growth. It's it's all about support and accountability right now, honestly. That's the best act of self-care you can do. Because when you're down, you can't put it all on yourself. I couldn't. So whether you find it through a program or by working privately with a coach, like Kira said, or with a therapist, the important thing is stop struggling alone. Like I completely understand the feeling of isolation, the pride that makes you think that you should be able to handle it on your own and the self-imposed notion of, you know, weakness that comes with needing support. But here's the truth. That idea is nothing more than a socially constructed belief that we need to move away from. And I think thankfully we are. I think so. I, I'm, I really do. I think so as well. Yeah, we, well, Kate and I are here. We're always happy to chat with you. Um, And I know we talked about your Instagram handle, lose weight with Kate, Mm -hmm. Um, but where else can people find you? Definitely. I have a podcast too. I'll have to have you on it, Miss Kira. Um, It's the mindfulness and matcha podcast, but honestly, just hit me up on TikTok or Instagram, lose weight with Kate. And if you want to, you can learn more about, you know, my private coaching services and my online course uh, with group support at LRD. It's the letters lrdacademy.com. That'll all be in the show notes for y'all. So that'll be some, that'll be linked for you. Anyway, thank you so much for being on again, Kate. It was absolutely wonderful to have you here and chat with you. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Kira. Thank you guys for listening.